I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Tech Central Podcast. This podcast has been away for a couple of months, but we've got some exciting interviews lined up on the show in the coming weeks. So as they say in radio, lock your dial on Tech Central. Now, I'm really looking forward to uh, talking to my next guest. His name is Herman Maritz. Uh, you might not have heard of Herman, but I can almost guarantee that you have heard of his app, which uh, we'll get into in just a moment. Uh, first, though, Herman, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, Duncan, thank you so much. Um, like, first thing I just want to say is I'm a big fan of yours and, and what you've been accomplishing over the years. Um, I, I, As you know, I told you, uh, your email did not come through. It went to spam. So I was searching for Duncan email on my, on my Gmail, and I saw my first email to you was 10 years ago. And I was years. like, wow, okay, hey, that, yeah, yeah, I, I think it was a company in, in Stellenbosch called Fire ID 10 years ago that closed, and I oh, emailed yes. you about that. And uh, yeah, it's like 10 years I've been following you. I, I remember when this podcast in its previous incarnation, I think you were, like you had Simon Dingle and those guys on, and there was- The ZA Tech Show. Yeah, the, in the ZA Tech Show. I was yeah. following that every week, and oh, I was like, to talking to you today is quite cool. And another thing is, I, I know, I think if I remember correctly, you also introduced me to the band called Riverside, which I'm a big fan of. So oh, that's yeah, fantastic. really, really cool to, to, to talk to you today. Definitely well, that's great. Well, I'm still a fan of Riverside too. and uh, they're still doing music. So I hope you're still, yeah, uh, still it's true. Polish band, if I remember correctly. Um, really? Okay, I missed that part, but yeah. Yeah, they're from Poland. Marius Duda, I think is his name. Uh, they're, uh, they're out of Eastern <laughs> Okay, Europe. not a big fan, as big a fan as you, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, great band. And um, it's good to finally touch base with you, Herman, because uh, I've actually been cool. wanting to uh, chat to to you and your colleague, Dan Wells, who unfortunately couldn't make the podcast today, but... Um, yeah, but, he's uh, too busy, right? He has too many Zoom calls. Like, uh, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, usually Dan does these things, like he's sort of the guy that we do this with, because I'm not as smooth as him, so I'm guessing we'll have a fun ride. I, I, I didn't ask you before if the swearing is allowed, but I'll try not to. Um, but, well, uh, but yeah, it's apparently like, there are rules about um, about Apple pod Apple in particular around their podcasting platform. So uh, we've submitted okay, as a family so, podcast. So if uh, if there are a few okay. f bombs, we might get kicked off there. So we probably better keep it right, clean. So we'll stick to crap. Uh, crap, I think is okay. I think um, I think we can get with, away with that and a bit of uh, maybe a BS or two, but. <laughs> <laughs> Probably okay. beyond that. I'll, no. try, I'll try my best to not get you kicked off the platform. I have a tendency to sometimes let that happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that. so so Dan, Dan, Dan is usually the one that's a little bit more into these things, or at least I asked him to do that. But today is too busy. So yeah, I'm talking to you. And it's like I said, it's a real privilege. Well, his loss and your gain. So thanks so much for uh, for, yeah. for chatting to us. And uh, I'm, I'm going to have to say the, the app name carefully too, to avoid getting kicked off the Apple App Store. Um, if you haven't figured out by now, if you haven't figured out by now, Herman is a co-developer of the uh, wildly popular app Eskom Sapush, uh, which of course is used by literally millions of South Africans whenever there is load shedding. And I'm always amazed, Herman, when uh, when I, I you know I follow uh, Eskom on Twitter and I see them tweeting load shedding is going to start today at 5 p.m. I immediately go to my Eskom Sapush app on my phone, fire it up, and it's already updated. How do you do it so quickly? Well, a lot of scraping, <laughs> like that's the first thing. We also, we actually do also have a relationship with Escom that we've built over the years. So it's not, it's not like we don't talk to them ever. It's like we we have had a few meetings with them, and they're also very friendly. And we, I think, we're actually part of their distribution list also for for media and things like that. So okay. uh, they're they're quite cool. But mostly the Twitter feed is actually quite quite good with, and they're updating it quite fast on when they made their decisions. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a lot of scraping Twitter. There, like different websites, things like that, and then also 
like manual work, right? I mm. first want to say Dan does a lot of carrying on that. Um, he's, he's amazing and also for, uh, sort of like following that. Uh, and then we we rely heavily on Slack. So all our integrations are on Slack. So is there any decision to be made about is there load shedding or not? Like maybe there will be all of these things. It's all sort of processed with Slack and we get sort of a feed on that. And then mm -hmm. we make decisions about when it's a good time or not. So um, of course, we really don't want to do fake news. So it's really important yeah. that we feel strongly that it will be. Uh, we did a little bit of a joke on, on uh, April Fool's because just wanted to um but uh, but yeah other than that we really try to get the right information to people i missed that what was your april fool's joke well we we sent a push notification say, saying there's no load shitting today so just so that few people would get a scare about there might be but there wasn't so uh, luckily we were like thinking if there is we're gonna look like total idiots but luckily <laughs> there weren't so uh, Great stuff. I was, I was going to ask about your relationship with uh, with Escom. I mean, your the name of the app is is a, is 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 a little controversial, I guess. Did was there any pushback from Escom when you launched? Uh, did they did they have any views on on their trademark being used, for example, or were they pretty happy with it? I mean, no official comment on that ever. Uh, we we like I said, we've got like literally. I want to say 100, but at least a lot of people from Escom have contacted over the years, even to tell us, hey, this schedule is wrong or something like that. So so we really do work well with them and uh, they've been supporting. And I, and I think they also get the joke, right? It's not like they don't get it. Mm, um, so so yeah, and, uh, I mean, the, it's not like they're in the ideal situation. They also want to have to solve. And if this is solving something and can, like, to be honest, also taking a little bit of the heat off them, um it helps them so yeah. i think it's it's a good it's a good relationship and uh, it's something we want to keep and and it's very funny always when um i think there was some commission and i forgot what it was about about i guess it was some ca uh, state capture thing or something with uh, tenders or escom i forgot the inquiry that was or the commission that happened and literally on the first page of that statement it said something about the South Africans were very negative about load shedding. The top app was Eskom Sapush. <laughs> that really set the sentiment. And I was like, wow, okay, that's like getting to that level. It's quite cool. That's nice. That's nice. Who came up with the name? Oh, so um, I, th like, I don't know who came up with the name. What I do know is how it was inspired, right? So uh, what I can uh, say is like Dan and I worked at a company called Intersect uh, about, mm -hmm. what, seven years ago? So, uh, anyway, and we worked a lot with banks. Uh, so we, we, at that point, we were building the NetBank app, uh, app and the Capitec app. And, and like, by the way, if you, like you said, if you want to talk to people on the podcast, recommend talking to the Intersect guys, uh, Skulk and them are really cool people. I think we've had Skulk um, on before. But yeah, actually. so, so yeah. we, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go have to listen at that one. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so, so we worked on a lot of these things and we've had a lot of conference calls with banks and, uh, something that we were working on at the time was push notifications, right? So we had a lot of calls about how, when this push notification coming through, it's sort of a best effort service. So it's not always coming through, especially back then, which is like seven years ago, it was really best effort. So if you send it, it won't always arrive. These days it's, it's quite good, but back then it was like shaky. But anyway, especially between Apple, Apple push notification service and, and Google cloud messaging, as it was called back then. But, um, in these calls, especially with, let me say, at Capitec, with very Afrikaans guys, uh, there were sometimes they would say push notifications in a very funny Afrikaans accent. <laughs> and uh, we had to sort of mute then and have a nice chuckle before. I hope they don't take this personally. Um, but but it was extremely funny. Um, and, and it was something that, of course, then ex ins inspired because we 
in, this is in 2014, right? So we mm -hmm. were really uh, also dealing with load shedding. Load shedding started basically in 2014. I'm not sure if there was before. I don't remember if there was any before 2014 and specifically the end of 2014. Uh, and we wanted to sort of, you know, when load shedding started you're, and we were working at a startup, it's like you have to decide, am I going home or am I staying a, a little bit longer? Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the idea is like, okay, why go home if the power is going to be off? Just yeah. let's stay a little longer. And that's sort of where it started. Um, we used a service called Push Bullet back then, which was quite cool of sending like stuff uh, on API to push notifications. So it was really cool. And then we added it to Twitter. And then we got more people following on Twitter and sort of interested in this push notification service. And, and I particularly at that time, were, I was doing a lot of prototypes um, for banks, um, for apps. And um, like it was like a no-brainer to build a quick app to, to do these push notifications that people can download from the store. And I remember we used a framework called Ionic, and this is sort of a Cordova phone gap uh, type framework, which you write once in JavaScript, and then it goes to iOS and Android. So super, super lean, right? Like frugal, as frugal as possible. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, we, we published to the store and, and then it grew from there. Uh, it was uh, was quite cool. And um, yeah, it was, it was nice to see it grow. And, and back then there was like a lot of load shedding apps. I don't know if you remember, there was one called Gridwatch. Uh, that Media24 or, or Naspers were driving. Uh, right. Yeah, it, it was, Gridwatch was huge. Uh, and also, we had a really cool competition with them because they, it was Naspers, they had all this backing, they had like ads all over the place because mm -hmm. they had to get money in. We had no ads. Like that, like we were like anti-establishment. We were going to show the man, we we're going to do this super, no ads, we hate ads. Like I still <laughs> have, hate ads, but yeah. maybe more on that later. Um, but yeah, so so then we added that, and, and uh, the name with your back, the name was definitely something that got the adoption, right? Because people were like, aha, that's funny. Um, but also, I think it sort of made an ethos for us. Well, well, hey, we would like like load shedding sucks. Like mm -hmm. nobody likes load shedding, but maybe we can have some fun with this and at least make it a little bit more <laughs> bearable. So how big is the app now? How many active users does it have? How many downloads have you had in total? And uh, and how have you had to scale your backend to cope with demand? Yeah, so I guess there's a lot of interesting stories there, but um, I think last time I checked and I actually went to look the numbers and numbers are up here. That's why I'm looking here. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so the last time, uh, I did, the number of downloads is a bit complicated because it's also sort of not something I'm, we're tracking, but we are tracking how many active users we have. So in the last, uh, like in a normal load shedding day, like we have a daily active users of 1.8 million connected. Wow. So that, that's sort of on a load shedding day and and then um we're checking on active installs we've got 2.6 million active installs so that's probably because people have multiple devices and ipad and stuff like that so that's why it's probably inflated on on the number of active installs and then on a normal day which luckily does not have load shedding it's it's about 60,000 um, users so, mm -hmm. so that's sort of this the system we have and um and, and the question about scaling the systems it's quite interesting right because when we started the the, the project we um we we didn't like have a lot of money, right? We were working sure. a startup. It's not like we had some some back <laughs> some money in the pocket to to invest into this. So we went super frugal. It's like one of those things. Like we were using the cheapest hosting you can find on the internet with like the <laughs> free tier of everything, including the CDN. Um, so for example, we used Cloudflare CDN for a long time. I think we might still do. I, I don't know. Dan would know better. But um, but but yeah. So so. Uh, we were all using the cheapest stuff, and but we were trying, trying to stay frugal. And that's still today. I, I, we did a calculation the other day, and uh, 
basically we pay $12 per million sessions. So we are like running the app is, is not very expensive for yeah. us. And I'm very yeah. proud of that because it's something that uh, that's sort of there from the beginning to stay frugal. Mm -hmm. And as for the scaling, you've like on the, we, the problem with Escom Shapush is, like I said, you have like normal days, we don't have a lot of traffic. And then all of a sudden Escom announces there's like stage two coming. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you have got nine, 900,000 connections, <laughs> basically. Uh, I, I actually wrote it down where that, that peak was. Yeah, it was, it was nine, 900,000 connections per second. And then uh, <laughs> like normal, like our CDN was detecting this as a denial of service attack. Uh, so they just blocked the connection saying there's something bad happening here like stop it <laughs> and and uh, yeah so so a while ago i think in 20 was in 2018 or no it was probably in 2019 we had some big problems with scaling to that um because yeah it was uh it's like but but luckily on this part i can i hopefully say dan works at a company or worked that time at a company that dealt a lot with uh, sort of black friday scaling issues right. uh, so he um so he was really able to solve that for escom push based on also and hopefully also he took that escom push knowledge to also solve other problems but yeah he, he did amazing work to do that and i remember uh, we put in the app, like, thanks, Dan, the man, like that hashtag Dan, the man and Dan, the man got to trending in South Africa. So that was pretty cool for me uh, <laughs> to get my friend to, to, to actually be trending. <laughs> but yeah, he, Dan, just shout out to Dan, like, he's amazing. Yeah. But I imagine that um, it's, it's a lot easier now to deal with those scaling issues with, uh, and I don't know where you hosted today, but um, with, with Amazon and Microsoft and, and Elastic Cloud uh, resources where you can where you can literally just scale up compute as you need it. I, I imagine it's a lot easier to do, to do in 2021 than it was yeah, back in 2014. Well, <laughs> yeah, 100%. So we're totally on Google Cloud now. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, it's, that's, that's why it's also that easy to make that calculation about how much it's costing because we can literally see the number of sessions and then the to total cost on our budget on Google Cloud. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's super easy. And we, we also are using serverless or they're what they call Google Cloud functions. So basically it's not having anything really, like it's running, running very, very easily for us. Um, so yeah, very, very easy. Uh, also Firebase is an amazing product by Google. I think anyone starting a, a new startup want to try out Firebase is the thing that I would recommend. Also, also to that, uh, our app is now not an Ionic anymore um, because that's maybe an interesting story. Um, so after, so, so in 2015, there was a lot of load shedding. If you look at the history, 2015 was a horrible year. I, I have a note here about the number of hours. It was 60 days of load shedding in 2015. It was a really bad year for, for load shedding. In fact, 2020 was the, I think the second worst, and that was half of that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's 2015 was an amazing year to grow Escom uh, push, and and that's also why Gridwatch and all of those other apps were were sort of in that in that space because there was actually a, a real problem to solve. Mm -hmm. um, okay. By the way, shout out to Catherine Reese if she's listening. But but what I want to say, so we we won, we won like two app awards that year from the MTN. Uh, actually, on Tech Central, if you go look at tags for Escom mm -hmm. push, I think that's the that's the one that's there. It's quite cool, um, uh, and. Uh, yeah, it was very nice. I think we want people choice and breakthrough developer, which I also thought that breakthrough developer is not fair because actually the year before NetBank app won, and I was like, okay, I actually worked on that one too. But anyway. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so 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 what I wanted to to get to here is then after twenty fifteen load shedding stopped. Mm. Uh, there was no load shedding, so uh, we went on with our merry lives. We were not very sad that load shedding stopped. Of course, there, it was a nice thing and it was growing, but 
we're not really sad that lotioning stops, to be honest. It's, it's impactful to our lives as well. Um, but then in 2018, there was, it came up again. Like there was like, magically we saw, we got a notification on our phone saying stage one. No, not prepared. Like the servers are still running. The app was not because I did not renew the app store and, and play store did not like click on the policy permissions right. and stuff. So the app was gone from the, from the stores, but the server was still running and uh, we got the notification saying, Hey, um, there's going to be load shedding. And uh, it was quite difficult because the app was written in JavaScript and JavaScript sucks. Like it does not age well. Um, <laughs> like that, that framework was not good. Like, honestly, I, I have real respect for people that work on, on front ends because, uh, or like, for me, it's a really, really difficult language, but, um, yeah. And I, I did not have time to really work on the app back then because I used to, I used to work more on the app and then more on the back end. Um, but then then decided to take it on himself to write, write the app in flutter. And, mm -hmm. and the reason I bring this up is because I said Firebase is quite cool for a startup, but also flutter. Flutter is an amazing product from, from Google to do cross-platform uh, cross apps. Uh, they also support web and, and desktop apps. Really, if you're building anything these days, yeah. I would highly recommend Flutter. Flutter. Like and, does amazing, it, and can you develop product. iOS yeah. apps on it as well? Yeah, yeah. iOS, Android, web. The, I, I would say the web part is maybe not as good as the rest, but also mm -hmm. desktop. And they support uh, uh, Linux, Mac. Windows is a great, great framework. I definitely recommend it. Okay. Okay. So it's been completely rebuilt in Flutter and it's running that today. Yeah, it's it's completely rebuilt in Flutter since 2018 um, and it's running there today. Yeah. It's even now in Flutter 2, I think. So, well, I know <laughs> I did it, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's quite cool. Now, you and Dan don't do this full time. You actually have jobs uh, that you um, yes. that you work on. Um, uh, what, what, what industries are you in? What's, what's, what, uh, what, um, what are your passions personally as a developer? Well, so, so Dan and I, we both work sort of in e-commerce uh, space. Okay. Uh, we're both managers, right? So we don't, I don't say day to day. We don't, we're not touching tech day to day. Right. So that's also where it comes to push comes in because we are actually like keeping our muscles strong or our engineering muscles strong by actually, you know, developing things because right. most of the time we're developing people or working through people. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think we're, at least I can speak to myself, I guess. Luckily, I get quite good feedback that I'm not too bad as a manager. So it also means I'm sticking with it, right? So I'm, I'm enjoying manage people management a lot and, and sort of driving product. Um, something I enjoy. Um, so, so yeah, that that's sort of the thing. I still work with apps, yes, but it's not my my day to day. Is is more on the organizational and strategies. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's. Uh, that's for me, that's something for me to figure out about the industry and things, because I'm interested in so many things. Like uh, yeah. currently I, I have a, a baby uh, is now probably a toddler. Uh, he's one year old and mm -hmm. I'm thinking about education, right? Because I am, I'm one of these people that I think remote work is really going to be the future. I can like, I can just sense that, especially now with the pandemic, I think it's going to get more and more people would like to have that freedom and flexibility to work. And uh, I think education is one of not ready for that and uh, i'm really really interested in that and so I'm, I'm exploring that at the moment to see if there's any potential there i'm really into logistics and supply chain as well which is like totally something totally different but i just feel like well, that industry is so yeah but then uh, like from at least on my side uh, not the same for dan but on my side i'm more on the sort of uh, the front end side i would like to say mm -hmm. not the actual how to get stuff right. i'm really interested in this like shipping containers right that industry there's a book I read recently called The Box. I'm not sure if you've read it, but wow, it's it like 
from the shipping container has probably made the biggest impact on people's quality of life around the world, right? Because you can ship stuff very, very cheaply. I, I think we've gone too far. The other day I was in Checkers and I saw there's garlic from China. I'm like, you can grow, <laughs> there's space to grow garlic here. Why, why, is, there, why is there garlic from, from China? I, I don't get it. But because it's so cheap to ship, that's why. It's really, really cheap. And uh, I, I think there's, unfortunately, even though it's really cheap to ship, it's maybe not so sustainable as for, for greenhouse gases and these sort of things and climate change, but also it's, it's very paper heavy and old, right? It's an old industry. And I think there's a lot of uh, like, even like unload, like, sorry, I'm really into this topic. So uh, like unloading a ship, uh, it takes eight hours. So you've got like a, a billion dollar asset sitting there and it takes eight hours to, to unload. And I think yeah. there's so much potential there to, to, uh, to improve things. Yeah, the, you do, so, yeah you there's a lot of stuff for that. You spoke about shipping and it's a little bit off topic, but uh, you know, when the ever given right. uh, ship got stuck in the Suez Canal, I actually went onto one of these uh, marine traffic websites to have a look at uh, have a look at the Suez Canal area, but just have a look at the planet generally. And the number of cargo ships that are circling this planet at any given moment is quite frightening. Um, uh, and it's, it's the sign of globalization. But that, that ever given ship, the, sky, the size of that thing, I mean, I read the statistics about how many containers mm. it could carry and the, the weight it could carry and its length and um, mm. <laughs> the scale of it is just unbelievable. I mean, you say a billion dollars, I think that ship could easily, I mean, if it's carrying valuable freight like smartphones, yes. could carry 10, 20, 30 billion yeah. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I, I mean, I, the, 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 the fact is here that there's there's definitely space to to really, really innovate in that, that industry um, mm. because there, it's it's one of the things we heavily rely on. And I also just feel like, you know, it's, it's like if you work back from the customer, right, which is what the Jeff Bezos would always say, if you really like people will always want stuffly. There's never, never going to be a time where they won't have, like, even if you really, really care about a lot of stuff like I do, like really care about the environment, you still want to get stuff cheap. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that like getting that, uh, like working in that is, is going to be something that really matters. Mm -hmm. And and as you mentioned, globalization is like probably one of the biggest forces we have on that, because in the old days, you have to, if you wanted a, like a suit, you have to go get from the tailor that is down the street and, you know, or in the same area and go get it. These days you can get it from Italy very, very easily, right? Yeah. No matter where you are in the world. Uh, and I think that is insane. It's it's something weird. It's not yeah. normal. Yeah. <laughs> now you, you mentioned the you environment. Take it for granted. I mean, we, 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 the world is moving now towards electric cars, um, and uh, it, it really does look like the the internal combustion engine is um, is coming to its end um, in motor vehicles. Uh, but then you look at the global shipping industry, and those ships <laughs> spew out the most amazing amount of greenhouse gases and pollution. Uh, yeah. on a daily basis that, um, you know, if we're solving the uh, emissions problem in vehicles, um, what are we going to do about the airline industry and the shipping industry? Because those are much worse than, than the... Uh, there vehicles. are actually regulations coming in for that. Uh, are they? There, okay. there are some strong regulations. And, and the yeah, and the, the interesting thing is, is what are they going to do? Are, because they can go slower. That's, of course, a, a good option. Like, But that's not what people want. They want stuff fast. So you don't want them to go slower. The other way in which I don't think is really necessarily going to solve it is sort of offsetting, right? So paying for, for carbon tax, for example. But that's not really solving the problem. And uh, I... Even though I studied studied electronic engineering and stuff, I I, I don't know if like how like it will it actually work to ever to get an electric engine on those ships. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, personal opinion here, but nuclear power that might be an option. I'm not sure. I feel always that 
might might have been that uh, we didn't invest as much on that as we could have in the past. Nuclear powered okay. ships. Now there's an idea. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to. Um, you mentioned the pandemic a few minutes ago. I wanted to ask a bit about because yeah. you you uh, you guys brought in uh, COVID stats into the into the app uh, for a period of time, and it was actually very useful to look at that graph. I think it showed the uh, was it the number of active cases or the total cases in that graph that you had inside the app. I can't remember now. I mean, we changed it over time as people give us feedback. We say, like, oh yeah, can we can you put in the active cases or or can you add the vaccinations as well? Uh, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. We we added that. We really like in the app we have this email functionality, and boy, people use that. Like that's <laughs> something really uh, really active. Uh, so yeah, we we added that and. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it's quite cool. And unfortunately, we got a lot of negative feedback when we added that in the beginning. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, like first thing is not like sort of deniers of Corona, which is yeah. anyway, uh, let's not go. A lot of them out politics. there. A lot of them out um, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of them out there. Um, I don't know. It's like this is the worst conspiracy ever. If they're right, I am sure they're not. Um, but but yeah, so we'll say not. <laughs> Yeah, um, but the same with the vaccines. But anyway, I don't want to talk about that because sure. it's grumpy. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so we added the we added the stats and and unfortunately Google they don't like it when you add the stats. Like they want you to have the official sort of um, an official capacity. So we contacted the NICD, which is anyway where we get the stats from, right? It's yes. not like we make made up the stats. We actually get it from the mm -hmm. official source. Uh, they publish it as a media statement, so we are allowed to sort of use that. So we asked them, hey, um, we've got a lot of users in the app. And also we actually enabled a, a setting where you can get push notifications with the COVID uh, numbers. Not all the users, only the ones that subscribed. And it was about 100,000 people that actually wanted that. So that's cool that people actually wanted that. And uh, But unfortunately, the NICD never really got back to us. So we removed it from the app because we don't really want to like push too much the button. Actually, the app got banned from the store on a uh, sunday of i was gonna ask times. about that was that uh, google was or apple yeah no it was google google it was google mm -hmm. and uh but also google google the, the the funny thing is they didn't say it was because of the corona thing so we have this chat functionality in the app mm -hmm. and by the way we added the chat functionality because a lot of people think like we want to be like whatsapp or something that of course not like no like <laughs> definitely not whatsapp is a great product even though it's facebook now um but um no, we added a chat because we get so many emails when there's no load shedding telling us your schedule is wrong. I'm having load shedding and it's not load shedding. It's a low, it's like a local outage, like a yeah. municipality problem. Yeah. Yeah. And what we, so we added chat and specifically nearby chat so that people can sort of talk to each other and just say, Hey, is your power out? Yeah, my power is out. Okay. I'll call, I'll call someone. Um, because sort of just making it easier for people to solve problems. And, and we've seen some cool stuff on there, like people saying, I was playing that trumpet, <laughs> you're making the noise and, and things like that. So I think some people are getting some value out of that, but it was never meant to sort of be a chat room or something like that. It was more about problem solving. Um, but but in, as part of that, Google said we needed a way to report content. And we had a button saying report user. Mm -hmm. So we were reporting the content, but the label was saying report user. So then Google banned the app. And I was thinking on a Sunday, like ruining my Sunday for that was really stupid. Mm. Like I was really upset about that. But it, I mean, it's one of those things. Um, and oh, so luckily, luckily, we appealed. And I didn't realize it was over such a silly yeah. thing. I thought uh, I thought it had something to do with the COVID numbers that you were publishing. And it was in, in violation no, of Google's no, was... COVID rules or something. 
Although the interesting thing is as, as soon as we said, okay, we fixed this button to now say not report user, but report, mm -hmm. they said, then they said, oh, and this Corona stuff, you're not allowed. So there was like, oh, yeah. that was sort of the second step. And then we just removed that and say, okay, let's just get that Rude back it. up. Yeah. And, and since then we've moved, we've moved those stats to, to Twitter. So we're publishing it now on Twitter. And I think mm -hmm. like since starting it, like we already have like a thousand five hundred followers on that Twitter account. So that's cool. I yes. think people are having some value there. Yeah. And it's the same stats as NICD. It's just a little bit different format, mm -hmm. right? It's, mm -hmm. it's all about, because that's also the thing with ASCOM to push. It's not like people don't, like they can go and look at all the Excel sheets and <laughs> the PDS, but it's just easier in the app. And that's the same thing we wanted to do with the COVID stats. It's just make it a little bit easier to process because it's a lot of information to process. Yes, yes. Interesting. So you, you mentioned the, ch the chat community. It's a location-based chat community. Is it so you chat with people? Yeah based on your device location. Um, has it turned into a platform where people just talk about anything? There are some people, there are some local, like people that regulars that come back and just like, they chat like it's a, like a WhatsApp group. Like, yeah. like actually it reminds me of MR, you know, in IRC in the old days, it yes. reminds me of that, where people are just coming in and talking nonsense. Um, and, and like, it's, it's, it's quite cool, but it was never meant to do that. Yeah. It was, it was, that's not, that was not the purpose, but it's cool that people are using it. So has, it, has anyone got married for through this platform? <laughs> <laughs> it could be like, there are some times where it's a little bit, um, I, I don't want to say it, like it can sense there's some romance or emotion in there. And mm. I mean, positive emotion and a lot of times negative emotion as well. But a lot of times I sense that there's some stuff between the lines there. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Right, so um, Herman, where do you go next with the app? Um, do you maintain it as it is? Do you see um, uh, opportunities to offer additional services through the app? Maybe um, actually, mm. let, and maybe let's touch on the advertising stuff here. Um, do you think there's an opportunity maybe for a paid-for version that removes advertising? What's your thoughts around that? Yeah, so so again, we're doing this as a hobby, right? So we, the plan was never to make money out of it. It was more about helping and also solving a problem. Um, but when Dan was redoing the app in Flutter in 2018, he added uh, ads to the app, to the app. So blame Dan, everyone, <laughs> and, and you can find him um, on Twitter. Like find, find Dan, Dan. blame him for the ads. Like, yeah, hashtag blame Dan. Um, <laughs> but also that made him de facto CFO, right? Because now he had to deal with tax and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that's the only thing we do outsource in the app. The all, everything in that app, like marketing, anything is done by me or Dan, except the taxes that we do outsource. Okay. Um, because we really suck at that. Um, but yeah, so, so, um, so thanks Dan for being CFO. Um, but yeah, so, so we added the ads and we are getting some money in now. It's also why we could be able to move to Google and build a little bit stable, more stable system. So I'm very mm -hmm. happy with that. Uh, thanks Dan for doing that. Um, as for, as for the future. Um, so one of the things we do have is we do have a paid API. It's not something we really advertise, but there are some companies that rely on us sending them like they have their own private sort of business API that we give them um, with some special features like GPS for uh, for areas. And, and some of the use cases are like they're having outages and they want to know if there's load shedding. So then they can check the API to make sure um, they, yeah. So it's not like a false alarm or something. They know there's something happening there. Um, so that's something we do do. It's very, very on specific basis. And uh, also like we ask a lot of money for it, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. But but it's one of those things that it's not, we we are really offering our time there. So it's like premium support, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a, that's that's sort of why it's so expensive. Um, but, but yeah, I think more than that for the app, I think we're 
like ESCOM supports for state for load shedding. We have tried like adding a little bit more of a general reporting, like water outages and stuff like that. We did some experiments, not for our, our entire user base, but just for some to see um, to see if there would be like interest in that. But also the more and more features we add, the more and more time it takes for me and Dan from our jobs, right? So right. We, we really want to solve that problem in the right way and, and not veer too far off from, our, from the load shedding use case. However, like I said, I'm, we're interested in a lot of stuff and, and maybe in the future we'll use Eskom Supports to as a launch pad to, to launch other stuff. But, uh, but right now I think we want to improve the schedules and stuff like that. One thing we really want to do is move all the schedules to something like GitHub where it's open, where anyone can be doing anything with the schedules. It's one of the things that we were working on, especially when people, ch uh, when municipalities change, like city of Job uh, city of uh, city power, they, the other day they changed schedules. It was horrible. Yeah. It was really, really painful because there was so much confusion. And uh, anyway, uh, the, the point here is, I think it would be cool to open source that and where mm -hmm. others can contribute to the actual, uh, to the actual schedules. Uh, the biggest pain we have in the app is loading the schedules because mm -hmm. every municipality is doing it in a different style in a different format and a different like some excel some like a website some a i, I don't even know like a google doc it's, it's very strange how many different data uh, so points are you actually working with? it's a good question i uh, i don't know too many tens of thousands <laughs> yeah it's it's insane and it's a, it's it's honestly it's a, honestly a pain and and that's the part and and in the end it's it's the customers that suffer right they they have like confusion about this i today as i sit here still do not know if the potchefstroom schedule is correct or not because looking at the website that they have it doesn't look right to me so and we get we get complaints but then also what do we do so we send out emails to people that we know that might be able to solve that but unfortunately i still don't have a good feeling about that one uh but yeah this is again where that feedback we get from people with the emails are so many emails that that sort of help us in identifying problems and making sure there's quality in the mm. product mm. we also uh, other thing that was really quite cool is we recently published the history of of load shedding over the years since 2015 because we've been keep keeping a log and that's also something we have on our business api sort of the history of of um, of that but we actually decided to publicly publish uh, Excel file with the history. And, and there's so many cool things that came out of that. Like the Reserve Bank did some analysis on that using the data. The CSIR has done some analysis. And it was really cool. Like we just published it for like, let's see what happens. And then a bunch of people do some cool stuff. And we see a lot of scrapers in our API as well, which we're okay with sort of like, it's it's fine. Uh, we are actually, there's a lot of other load chaining apps that are also great. And we're actually like, if we can help them also, that's cool um we it's not like a, we're in a competition anymore i feel yeah um so so yeah we'd like to contribute to that if, if uh, the right offer came along if uh, escom or someone else came along to you to you guys and said hey we're interested in buying this app would you consider selling it actually the other day we were contacted by uh, somebody that said escom is having a tender for a load shedding app and if we would like to sort of be part of that i found that to be quite strange so because escom we have a relationship with them i'm sure they would have contacted so we didn't reply because we are thinking maybe that's something somebody hustler or something uh, if you're not i'm sorry if not taking you seriously but we get a lot <laughs> of these sort of emails and things yeah um 
so so yeah that's something that definitely i i think we would like to help out and, and things so one of the things that i would love to give to escom or sell to them if possible is actually the customer support side of things mm -hmm. because as i said we get all of these emails and things and we have mm -hmm. the slack integrations that really just channel all of that to actually sort of filter them out and okay these are look at these areas there's a problem in these areas um, which is something that i found ex extremely interesting right and this is where again um the data really comes in about okay you know even though there's not load shedding these people from these areas are complaining that there is a problem and then okay let's let's check um so yeah definitely would like to sell and it's a great uh, great platform but but also it's like a love project so i'm not sure people can afford it <laughs> <laughs> well uh, it's come if you're listening there you go um give herman a call <laughs> Great. Well, Herman, I think we'll leave it there. Um, fascinating conversation. Fantastic app. Uh, I know everyone where I live uses it, um, and I'm, I'm sure it's a catch right across the country. Um, and um, really great to get some insights into uh, what it took to develop it and uh, some of the, the numbers behind it. Um, what is your Twitter handle if anyone wants to uh, give you a follow? Oh, it's 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 at, at Hermaret. Like, just Google like just Google me. You'll find me. I, I like I I don't like how to put it is at h-e-r-m maritz i got it's fine okay. you'll find just, it just google herman maritz you'll find him <laughs> yeah, i'm sure you will all right i'll well let me include a link to your twitter bio in the entry on the website oh that's well. nice yes thank there you thank you that, that might make things easier uh herman maritz is uh what do i call you co-developer co-founder of escom supush um, co-creator co-creator of uh of Eskom Sapush yes. with uh, with Dan Wells, who we will get on a podcast at some point in the future, I'm sure. Uh, we'll get yeah, yeah, he's he's again like I I feel like I've not talked that much about how cool Dan is, right? Like without Dan, <laughs> uh, like I, I would have given up on this like so long ago. He's he's really the balance in that makes this work, right? Like the two of us, it's it would, yeah. just the one, it won't work. Like Dan, yeah, and that's so often with, so often with projects in the tech sector. I mean. Uh, Apple wouldn't be the same without uh, without Steve Wozniak, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, ex it's exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, Herman, thanks so much for, uh, for taking the time. Thanks for talking to Tech Central again. Much appreciated. And thank you to you again. Thanks. <laughs>